pushes away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson, returning from Japan. We are a group of ex-writers from Real Sport, and like them, we are by the fans and for the fans. Each episode, we'd like to take an analytical view of the NRL while also having some fun along the way. Joining me for this episode about round seven, I have the person that did a great job deputizing for me in my absence, Daniel Friend. Friendy, how are you going? G'day, Bo. Yes, I, uh, I'm being pushed out to the outside backs, mate. I'm out of the halves, and uh, but I'm actually, I'm very happy to be here. I have a great appreciation for what you do, so thank you very much, and I hope you had a good trip. <laughs> I did have a good trip. You, you're a, a bit like a Joey Manu, someone that can yep. go into 5-8, play some good footy, but you're an you're a elite centre, mate. Yeah, elite. as good looking as him too. I've always said it. I've always said it, as did uh, your partner who just had a birthday. Happy birthday to her. We're also joined by Chris Waring. Chris, how are you going? Good, mate. Uh, welcome back. And yeah, I don't want to know which NRL comparison I'm, I'm similar to for a podcast-wise anyway, so we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, Luke Brooks. You're just like the Luke Brooks. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> And Kieran Gibson, uh, late to the meeting, of course, because he had actual work to do. How are you going today? Yeah, good, mate. Good to have you back and uh, enjoying the season less and less as it goes on with the way my Cowboys are going. But, uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's been tough for the Cowboys this season, boys. <laughs> I may have worked out some new buttons to use for the podcast. So let's get into... Well, before we get into our wild cards, I do want to... Uh, give some flowers to a couple of members of the panel for their correct bold predictions. Chris and I weren't there last week to give our bold predictions and we're reliably informed that Miles's was wrong. So uh, we've got Kieran, you almost pulled it off. Uh, that's what she said, because you had the points difference for the entire round between the winning and losing teams would be the most so far this season. And you almost got it. I actually wrote this down last week and I was telling Friendy and Miles that I, I didn't do the maths before I, I made the bold prediction. But after I did the maths, I stuck with it still. Um, the first four rounds, the points difference was quite close. And as I, they'd been saying, the competition had been really close so far. But then round five, 120 points and round six tied with 120 points. So I don't know if that counts, but very close. Very close. Uh, it's equal most. So I'll, I'll give you... Half a mark, I think, for a bold prediction, which is better than none, which is very rare to get. Daniel Friend, however, does get does not get half a mark. He gets a full mark because you said that Latrell Mitchell would answer his critics with a hat-trick. Mm. And did he what? Yes, he did. Trell Mitt, as uh, our good mate Vonnie calls him. Uh, he had a <laughs> good day. To be honest, he actually, he uh. three tries supporting and stuff like that, but he didn't do all that much in the game. So I got pretty lucky, I think. Yeah, it's, it's still one of those sort of players, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> Trell Mitt, as we say. Uh, because he um, he's just one of those moments players. I'm just glad for the Rabbitohs in this particular game, he chose to inject himself and actually decide the fixture early enough to, to make a difference, which is something that he not, doesn't usually do in recent years, I've, I've noticed. Uh, let's talk about wildcard awards. Friendly, while I've got you, what's yours this week? My wildcard award is the I Can't Believe It's Adam O'Brien award, and it goes to Adam O'Brien. <laughs> and is he some sort of, I don't know, genius, maybe? 
I don't know what's happened. I hate the guy, and I reckon he's hopeless and should have been sacked ages ago. But credit where credit's due, we've got all these utilities in our team, and all the injuries have sort of not affected us as much as the last few seasons. So even this week, uh, Jaden Braley goes down, Phoenix Crossland just straight into number nine. You could have Kurt Mann, you could have Tyson Gamble. There's a few guys that can play a few positions. Obviously, it's not as good as having a traditional number nine or what's happened in the previous weeks where Crossland played 5-8 last week uh, with Ponga and Gamble down. But it seems to have worked out okay where he's got a lot of guys that can play a lot of different positions. Matt Croker, Leo Thompson, um, they've sort of filled in as front row lock on the edge. Um, I think he might have actually got something right. And I don't know if it's an accident or not. I'm not prepared to give him credit yet, but... Yeah, I guess that's my wild card for award for this week. I'm going to go with the Newcastle Knights fiend one as well because I was impressed with what I saw. I haven't seen a lot of football because I've been away for a couple of weeks, but uh, what I did see and what I saw on the weekend was impressive. So the Tyson Frizzell Award for chasing down a winger he has absolutely no right to be anywhere near goes to Tyson Frizzell. Reminiscent of his effort in State of Origin many moons ago when he showed how fucking slow Dane Gagai is, Tyson Frizzell came from the other side of the field to chase down Edward Cossey on the weekend with some help from the slightly more sprightly Lachlan Miller. He's been humbling wingers for ages, has Tyson Frizzell, so he wins the award for chasing down a winger he has no right to be anywhere near. And that was impressive. And, you know, in a game that they won by 10 points, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but those sort of efforts maybe show that Adam O'Brien can coach. Who knows? Kieran, what is your wildcard award? Uh, I've got the, the Jeff V. There's got to be an investigation into this award, which goes to NRL commentators and the obviously wrong calls they make each week. Mm. Um, I think Matt Thompson has to be the worst culprit where he just calls out something that is just nowhere near happening. Like a, a team could be 40 metres out, um, someone does a, a Benji Marshall step into the line and gets flattened by three players and he's like, oh, nearly scored a brilliant try there. Um, <laughs> or you have Blocker Roach and his blatant disregard for player safety. I think Chris went over it. Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah Chris um, went over it in the chat. Um, and I don't know how they, they don't understand, um, the, or sorry, I don't understand how they're not spoken to about how far off their mark they are when consistently giving the wrong call or breakdown of a play. Uh, it's it's really not hard to just be a little bit better than what they are, and it, it does my head in. Yeah, well, just I'll quickly explain it to the listeners. So uh, <laughs> I'm fairly certain it was Jordan uh, Canberra Broncos game, Jordan Ricky, and he's just he's just like I'm pretty sure it's Corey Horse, but I could be forgetting the person. I think you're right. Yeah, it was definitely Jordan Ricky, and he's just pretty like you see faces all the time, but usually it's just like a quick hand in the turf for a couple of seconds, like sure, whatever. Jordan Ricky literally had his like bone up part of his forearm was just like rearranging Corey Horsby's already <laughs> muddled face. And the penalty's like obviously blown. Like you're pretty much assaulting this guy. And Blocker just fucking loses his shit. He's like, come on. A penalty for that? Oh, that's ridiculous. That'll do me. Nah, oh, back in my day, we used to just crack blokes and get up and play. Sounds ball. like Dame Edna. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like Dave Edna, Blocker Roach. Either way, I, I, I do agree with you there, Chris. That was uh, I remember. I remember seeing that, and just it was it was given a penalty for a facial, which, by the way, is the funniest name for a penalty in the NRL. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and I'm just like, oh, what? Like a facial? How soft are we getting? And then I saw it. I was like, oh, that's 
yeah, okay, as a penalty for sure. Like, I'd be, yeah. I'd be happy for him to get fined by the MRC. Yeah, that's literally like you're fine. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure all of us here, like someone's in attack where you push the hand of turf for like a second as you get up. Like, that's just part of the toughness of the sport. Like, Jordan Ricky was actually like assaulting this guy on the ground. Like, he could have easily broken his nose. And this idiot just blows up like it's the softest penalty in the world. Like, if that happened to Blocker in his day against these guys who are twice as, you know, ripped as he was, he would have been out for like a month. Absolutely. All right, you have the last wild card, Chris. What do you got for us? All right, so to, similar to Friendly's award about an idiot falling ass backwards into a correct uh, decision <laughs> or, or, or opinion. So it's the, it's the broken clock award. It's going to Paul Crawley, where... Now, I take it with a grain of salt because obviously he's commenting on a Canberra game, so there's going to be no critique there whatsoever. But mm-hmm. uh, it's a bit of a news story in the week about the, apologies if I get the pronunciation wrong, the Martin Tapau mm-hmm. uh, penalty that had a, a great amount of con, uh, you know, discussion and conjecture throughout the week. I especially find it interesting where a lot of, I've, in my opinion, a lot of former ex players get it wrong, where a lot of ex players are trying to say, you know, it's the one where uh, Pau's knee hits the head of uh, Rapana. You know, he's bloodied everywhere. Now, a penalty, just because something is an accident does not mean it's not a penalty, right? Mm-hmm. It's perfectly, uh, Pau shouldn't be uh, miss game time for it. Obviously, if you haven't played next week, it was accidental. But the collision caused, the accidental collision caused Rapana to, you know, cut his head open and, and secondly, drop the ball. Even if it's completely incidental, which it was, it is still a penalty because of what happened. You could say that it's slightly reckless. It's reckless, you know. You're, but I also understand he can't do anything about it. It's a classic. He can't disappear. Blocker line or blokes can't disappear. <laughs> like, of course. But the result was a knee hit this guy's head, and he dropped the ball, and he was out of the game as a result of it. Like, it is obviously a penalty despite intention. If it was intentional, obviously he'd be facing weeks on the sideline, but he's not facing weeks on the sideline, as is correct, but it's obviously an in-game penalty. I just don't understand the conjecture around that, including from specifically, you know, players who have played the game. Well, speaking of that, I I happened to catch the uh, Sunday footy show on YouTube after the fact, and they had Danica, which of course I've just sparked some... uh, some interest in the panel just by mentioning her name. But we also had uh, Andrew Johns, Billy Sater, and Brad Fittler. Now, those three, those three last names that I mentioned, I mean, one of them already is an immortal. The other two are very much in that conversation. So they know a thing or two about rugby league. And they had a very, very quite aggressive disagreement about this where uh, Fittler and Sater were on the, on the side of, look, accident, definitely. We don't think Tapao meant to do this. But he also was a bit careless and he has a duty of care. Whereas Andrew Johns was like, nah, fuck that. Like, Rapana dips last minute his head into the contact. You can't hold Tapao responsible for that. So I, I, there was different opinions on that panel alone. I wonder if there is here. So, Friendy, how do you feel about all that? Yeah, weirdly enough, I kind of think they're both right. He does have a duty of care, definitely. But, geez, it happened late, the change of direction and everything. So complete accident yeah I, i'm i sort of land somewhere in the middle of of all of them i guess um that's that's my take on it and and just to build on that a little bit like as chris mentioned the contact meant that there ended up being a knock on so do you think that penalty 
it's obviously accidental. We all agree with that. Do we think that penalty is the correct decision? Because the alternative yeah. was Kurt Capel picked the ball up and basically scored. Yeah. So, I mean, is it, or, or are you saying potentially play on? No, no. In that situation, because there's contact with the head, it has to be a penalty. Um, but it's certainly, I, I don't think there was any malice in it. So, yeah, I, I think they came up with the correct call in the end. But you, Gibbo, what do you think about all that? I mean, I, I don't um, hate the Broncos as much as me, so... Yeah, uh, well, I, I, I fall um, probably in between um, a bit like Friendy. I, I can see where Johns is coming from. Um, Rapina does fall to the floor, but I actually... I kind of think it's the way that NRL have implemented the rule where... Or I can't remember if it was NRL implementing a rule or players just started doing it, but where they just fall to the ground when they catch the ball and they know that they can then just get touched and they won't get smashed and they can just get up and play the ball. If that... Doesn't if that's not a rule and the player has to stay on their feet or it's not a tackle if they just lie on the ground they have to get back up the players probably don't fall to the ground and then Topal doesn't um, go in like that and doesn't collect him in the head as Rapana drops literally at the last second I I agree it one hundred percent has to be a penalty and Topal does definitely have a, a duty of care but that duty of care like it's um, him, the ability for him to carry out that duty of care is being definitely diminished by the fact that Rapana can just drop at any second. I know you can say Topao has to anticipate that or be aware that that could happen, but even then it's like, well, then maybe Topao can have that in his head, Rapana can drop to the ground, and Topao's anticipating it, he runs around him or jumps over him, whatever, Rapana gets back up and, and goes the distance or something like that. Like it's I can see that there has to be a bit of middle ground. It can be a bit unfair to the defender as well, I think. So that's interesting because we're not talking about and uh, we're not talking about a Chad Townsend bomb here where it's it's just end over end uh, and it's very easy to catch. It's not swaying in the breeze. It's very, very easy. Whereas we're talking about an Adam Reynolds kick here. Now, this was not an end over end kick. It was swinging around a fair bit. And as you saw by Rupp, and as, as you guys mentioned, very late movement. It was to catch the ball you know, because it, it swayed away from him late. That's why he didn't jump up in the air because uh, fullbacks, correct me if I'm wrong here, but they're kind of taught to get in the air. For part of the reason is that they can't be touched at that point of contact because that's a penalty straight away. Um, and obviously to, to beat other people that might be jumping for the ball as well. So the fact that he didn't jump up for it tells me that it was swinging around like crazy and that he did everything he could to catch that ball as late as he could so he could get a good grip on it. Are we, are we suggesting for that middle ground argument, are we suggesting that Rapana should have let that ball bounce? Because that's... No, no. That's sort no of, you got to attack the ball. Yeah. It's just a big accident, really. Yeah. Mm. It's just, just gotta, yeah. yeah, it's an accident. It doesn't happen too often. And when it does, you've just got to deal with it. I think they dealt with it sufficiently. And, and that's where we're at. That's it. That's where I fall. I think Rappiner did the right thing. Obviously, he dips late. But I don't think he did it necessarily just to get to ground. I think he did it to catch the ball. Mm. Um, and Tapao was trying to put as much pressure on the attacker as possible to create a drop ball or, or hit him hard or drive him into the end goal or whatever it is, things happen. Um, yeah. And I'm kind of happy with a penalty. I'm kind of happy that uh, Marty is playing this week. He's, he's been named on the bench for the Broncos, and I, I think that's the right call. And it sounds like we all agree. Chris, right of reply? No, I agree. I think Freddie just sums it up. And, of course, these things always blow out of proportion. Again, so it's, it's interesting to see people like... Um, I get uh, the interesting part about the Fitler um, 
Slater versus Jobs debate is Fitler's and Slater's active role in coaching, yeah. which um, has mm-hmm. probably impacts their player well. Freddy sucks up the refs' ass so much. And <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that probably uh, yeah, and most referee, uh, most coaches um, do. But yeah, I guess I guess that impacts it where you're. Head, that head coach perspective or uh, versing like a John C that's like the halves advising and stuff like that. But yeah, I think it's as simple as look, it's un- because something the penalty doesn't necessarily always mean intent. Something can be an accident, still be a penalty. What, what measures the difference part about, you know, malpractice or intent is the suspension and the judiciary afterwards. So yeah, I think just penalty move on. Bad luck. Bad luck next week. Freddie never gets anything for sucking up the refs in Origin, though. <laughs> Let's, uh, I'm just going to leave that one there. Why don't we take a short little break to cool our jets while we listen to the Big E's phenomenal prediction of the week. It's all about the Thursday game between the Dolphins and the Rabbitohs. Back soon. Hey boys, this is the big deep, you know, look, um, this, this, is the, this is the big deep in the house. My first phenomenal tip of the week, I'm going to tip the Dolphins against um, Rapidos. Yep, that's my first um, big deep phenomenal tip of the week. Who's going to be, uh, who's gonna be oh, the yeah. star player? Yeah, my half player for the Dolphins is actually the Hammer. And yeah, they told me to get a go, but um, <coughs> they have no chance. The hammer will run all the way for the victory. Anyway, uh, that's my uh, first big, uh, big EP known to this week. My second known to this week, I'm going to keep, uh, go to keep the Cowboys, like always. Against uh, the Warriors. And uh, my other tip of the week, I'm uh, going to give the Newcastle Knights nice, against the Panthers. That's for you, Wendy. Sorry, Dan. And my other tip of the week, I'm going to give again uh, the Bulldogs against Panamana Eels. Mm. <laughs> it's going to be tough, but it's going to be good. And the last one is the Bulldogs against the Titans. That's my phenomenal tip of the week. And I hope you guys will have a great night on a podcast. Welcome back to Above the Horizontal. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. I'm joined by Daniel Friend, Chris Waring, and Kieran Gibson. That was the big E, Owen Gibson, giving... I asked him to give me a tip for the Dolphins versus the Rabbitohs and his star player, and then he just ended up giving me a whole bunch of different tips. And he's very loyal to the boys. He's always going to back in their teams So we'll get to that as we go on through the round because round seven starts on Thursday evening, the 13th of April from Suncorp Stadium. It is the Dolphins and the Rabbitohs. Now, in terms of uh, team news, there's no Jared Wallace for the Dolphins and there's no Tavita Totola for the Rabbitohs. He'll be out for a while, but they are at least getting Jai Arrow back to replace him. I noticed that Jesse Bromwich has also come back in for the Dolphins, which is a big in for them. Friendy, how do you see this one going? I think this, for mine, I know there's some other really good clashes as well, but I reckon this is game of the round for me. I'm going to tip South Sydney. Uh, just, I just think their class will prevail a little bit, but the Dolphins, you just cannot write them off. They're just grit, determination, all of those things. And um, Wayne Bennett tends to go pretty well against sides he coached against previously, so I'm sure he'll have the Dolphins up for it. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tip South, though, so, in, a, in a tight one. Going against the Big E... 
assistance brave from your friendly because the big e, he got five out of eight last week. Yeah. I don't know how he did that. That's incredible. Chris, who do you like here? Uh, yeah, I'm stuck. This one, um, I just Rabbitohs. I don't really trust them on the back of a big back-to-back victory. They just kind of seem to be a team. Like they're obviously a great talented team, but just week in week out, they kind of can kind of be a little bit up and down. Despite all that criticism, I'm going to go the Rabbitohs. Uh, in a real close one, I'm not at all. I would say this is a game I'm least confident about, but um, I'm just, I just think the skill, the class in the team is better, but that hasn't really mattered for the Dolphins this year. So, yeah, honestly, I've got no idea, but I'm just going to go Rabbitohs. I think if, if um, the Rabbitohs have the fair share of possession, uh, I think they'll win, but I don't know. The, the way the Dolphins defended against the Cowboys, like the Cowboys had that whole second half inside the Dolphins' half and most of it even inside the 20-minute attacking zone and Dolphins just turned them away. Their defensive structures looked really good, even if our attack wasn't at its absolute best. Um, yeah, I'm not going to tip the Dolphins as, as impressive as, as they've been. I've got to go the Rabbitohs. But um, if it's 50-50 possession, I'd probably lean towards the Dolphins. But I am going to say the Rabbitohs probably get a bit more momentum and, and win the battle. Like you, Chris, I can see what you're talking about with the Rabbitohs backing up from being so impressive uh, and I'm a bit worried about that but I am going to tip them as well the next game is from Points Bet Stadium it's the Sharks and the Roosters on Friday evening now there's a lot of outs for the Sharks they've got Dal Finucane and Toby Rudolph particularly out while these dogs next door go absolutely bonkers have you guys missed that by the way when I've been away for a few weeks the, the dogs barking in the background and then getting shot <laughs> well, well, hopefully. Um, the Roosters are without Fletcher Baker. Uh, so there's a couple of big ins, of course, including James Tedesco for the Roosters and uh, Connor Tracy coming into the reserves for the Sharks. That's going to get you inside of Kieran Gibson. <laughs> so, Kieran, who do you like out of the Sharks and the Roosters? I tipped the, uh, the Rabbitohs purely off the fact that um, I think they're the better side, but I don't trust them as much. I... I have the Roosters tipped because I think they're the better side, but I I don't trust them as much either. I'm not going to tip a side just because um, I think they're the better team. I trust the Sharks more. I'm going to go the Sharks. Yeah, super hard this game. Uh, Teddy back, huge inclusion. Um, But yeah, the Sharks, they play well at home. I just can't trust their defense at the moment. They're just leaking points a lot, uh, particularly on their edges. So I'm going to tip the Roosters, but wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, I'm going to go the Roosters. I think Tedesco back is obviously massive. Matthew Lodge on the bench as well. Gives him a bit of uh, more grunt, lessens the impact when uh, JWH is off. So, yeah, I'll go the Roosters. I will too. The next game on Friday evening is the Battle of Brookvale, as it were. Uh, it's from Four Pines Park, they call it nowadays. It's the Seagulls and the Storm. Now, uh, no Carl Lawton, no Ruben Garrick for the Seagulls, no Nick Meany for the Storm. And what that has done is it's brought Cameron Munster into the fullback role. I can hear Daniel Friend. (laughs) I was going to say orgasming from here, but it doesn't sound like an orgasm to me. Um, But we do have... Yeah, so Jonah Pezzett has moved into the 5'8 role. Chris, are you as excited about that as our friend Daniel Friend? Uh, Yeah, the Storm have won back my trust um, over the last couple of weeks. So I think the Storm will win despite the X factor of Aaron Woods making his manly debut <laughs> off the bench. Yeah, the Storm, as Chris said, have been super impressive the last couple of weeks, wins over the Rabbitohs and the Roosters. Um, I don't think they were favourites. Oh, they were favourites against the Roosters, I think. But even still, it was a great 
performance. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm going to have to go to the store and Munster at fullback. Hopefully he um, really kicks on, although he's been in awesome form, but keeps it up until Origin. That'd be great for us as well. Friendly. Now's your time. You can talk about Cameron Munster at fullback. Money, money, money. It's going to be playing all night at Brookvale because Cameron Munster in his best position, I believe, anyway. Um, he will shred them, uh, Melbourne Storm, for me. Would you leave him there? Yeah. If Nick Meany comes back? Oh, no. I'd play Meany. Uh, I think Meany's solid as a rock. He gives them what they need from the back there. And I think young Pezzett, while he's really good with the ball, I think he's a really small target in defense for opposition back rowers. So no, uh, but if necessary, you've obviously got that option. So yeah. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. The, uh, the next game is between the Warriors and the Cowboys. And it's from Mount Smart Stadium. Um, I was very excited to say that one. Okay. Uh, the Warriors are in a bit of dire straits here. Uh, not Maybe not as big an injury list as the Cowboys have, but key injuries. Tomato Martin and the inform Wade Egan both out, which means that Freddie Lussick will be the starting dummy half. And Dylan Walker has been chosen at 5'8", which I found interesting because, A, Dylan Walker is quite good in that 14 role and B Robert uh, Ronald Volkman is an option for the Warriors. That was, that was interesting Uh, for the Cowboys. They welcome back Murray Talangi, who uh, is constantly mispronounced by every fucking commentator. It drives me mental. Uh, Jeremiah Nanai is also back. Mitch Dunn stays in the front row. The Cowboys continue to have the worst bench in the world. Griffin Neem out for a couple of months. Still no Taniela Sandrugu, which drives me mental as well. Friendy, who do you like here? Yeah, I'll be tipping the Warriors here, and it pains me to say because I I tipped the bloody Cowboys for the Premiership, but they've just let me down, and I don't trust them anymore. It's it's like they've cheated on me, and I I don't want to have them back, so I'll take the Warriors. So who's your Premiership team now? Oh, who knows? Um, (laughs) Newcastle. (laughs) Go go, go the fucking Knights. Uh, (laughs) All right, Chris, who do you like in this game? Uh, I'm going to go the Cowboys. I just... they've. On not not on form, they've been awful, but uh, it's just a bit of game theory. I just think they have to win eventually, so I've got to go the Cowboys. Um, and I think uh, Wade Egan at nine is a massive uh, loss, and I don't particularly like Dylan Walker at six either. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the Cowboys uh, might win. Kieran, your heart says Cowboys, but your head says... Yeah, I am going to tip the Cowboys, but I don't know where the Cowboys of last year have gone. Um, we were a lot more expensive last year. I said it in the chat. I thought Holmes had a bit of a, a roaming role. We looked a lot fitter last year, and none of that is happening this so far this year. Our, our discipline is awful as well. I think we made 13 errors or more against the Dolphins, but uh, yeah, I'm going to tip us anyway. What Friendy said about the uh, the scramble defense in in the group chat, really, mm. it's so true. It's so true because they, was, they just seemed hungrier last year and maybe that hunger has disappeared a bit. I am also off my Cowboys, but on them for this game. And like Chris says, it's, it's the lack of Egan, it's the lack of a, a good 5-8, even though Sean Johnson's an outrageous touch. So... Go the Cowboys. Good luck to them, I say. The next game is Friendy's Knights against the two-time reigning premiers, the Penrith Panthers. As Friendy mentioned at the top, Jaden Braley is out. That's a, a big loss for the Knights. Uh, Tyson Gamble comes in uh, from his, I think it was concussion, and that pushes Crossland to number nine. Uh, and the Panthers are 
pretty smooth sailing at this point. They do have Liam Martin lurking on that reserves list there. So keep an eye on that situation because I think Hosking and Sorensen have done a really good job uh, in their positions on the edge there. Chris, who do you like? Uh, I'm going to go to Panthers, but I think it'll be close. I think it'll only be maybe by about six or eight points, I reckon. The Panthers have had a really good run of it the last two weeks. So I think maybe the, they might just, uh, you know, that keeping that intensity may just lessen a bit. And Newcastle have been surprisingly good. So I think it'll be a close-ish game, but I just think there's too much skill in um, crucial positions for the Panthers. So I think they'll still win. That's harsh on Tyson Gamble. Like Tyson Gamble. Kieran, who do you like here? Uh, yeah, I've got to go with the, the Panthers after the way they've um, performed the last few weeks. I don't know how many, put, they've probably put on 100 points the last couple of weeks. Um, they look awesome. I, I didn't think that they could go the three-peat before this season started, but uh, the more the season goes on, the more it looks like it could actually happen. And Friendy, you've been basically saying the Knights have no chance, and then they seem, they seem to find a way. Are we going the same theory? Yeah, we are, and this game is uh, sponsored by Panadol, the Headache Cup, with uh, Jerome Luai and Tyson Gamble um, up against each other. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to see the battle of those two. They will not touch the ball. They will just yell at everyone else. Um, and it'll be great. And I think Penrith will win by about 30. Do they at least defend on opposite sides, Off. those two? They won't, I, be, I won't think, be near each other. I think they... I don't. Has Hastings been next to Frizzell on the right? Surely the coaches, so. the coaches just come together and just swap and just say, let the two idiots yell at each other the whole time. <laughs> Pull hair, get in their faces, woohoo. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I, I, I honestly can't wait to see it. It's like the two kids on detention having a fight in the lunchroom. So that's what you want to hear from a, from a person in the education system, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, oh, I love watching these kids fight. It's good shit. Uh, okay, yes, I'm going to go for the Panthers as well, though. I just think they have too much class, like Chris said. The... Uh, well, it's no longer the Battle of Southeast Queensland. It is still, but the Dolphins are involved nowadays. But it's the Titans and Broncos from Seabus, which will be rocking as per usual. Toby Sexton at, was injured, actually, because I think they were going to have a pretty tough choice between him and Boyd when Foran returned. But uh, Sexton got injured and made the choice a bit easier. Uh, Thomas Flegler is out for the Broncos with Corey Jensen starting. Kobe Hetherington comes into the seventeen. Kieran, who do you like here? Um, yeah, I've got to go with the, the Broncos. I think um, they lost last week in a, an arrow one to the Raiders. Um, I don't know that it's a, a wake-up call necessarily. Um, they have been talking about not being complacent. Um, I didn't think that they were complacent against the Raiders. I thought the Raiders were just very good, defended very well, and I think the Broncos will bounce back. Yeah, Broncos for me. I think they're too classy. Had an off week last week, but I expect, yeah, the Broncos... Guys like Reese Walsh to sort of flourish against the Titans and have a big win. Chris, it was remiss of me not to mention Tigers legend Thomas McKayley making his Titans debut. Uh, will he have the impact required to get them over the line? Yeah, I was, I was wondering if I was going to bring that up. Two Tigers legends on the reserves there, Tom McKayley and Sam McIntyre. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, a packed Seabus Stadium rocking at, the, at its bits is going to be slightly disappointed. I think the Broncos will bounce back, and I think they'll win fairly handsomely. As you guys know, I've, I've, I'm big on the Titans, have been since the preseason, at least in terms of challenging for the eight, but I, it's just it's just too hard to tip against the Broncos at the moment, even with that loss last week. So I'm going to go for them too. 
The Raiders and Dragons take on each other at GIO Stadium. It's always an interesting game, the Raiders and Dragons. And where these two teams are in their respective journeys actually makes this quite interesting as well, I think. Jack Whiten comes back for the Raiders, as does Joe Tapane, which is very good news for them. Uh, Nick Kotrick also back just in time to replace the injured Jordan Rappana after the uh, injury we mentioned earlier. Francis Molo and Michele Ravalawa are both out for the Dragons, uh, which means that Max Fine uh, comes into the reserves. I think that means uh, Tauto Monga will stay in that position because he uh, replaced Ravalawa last week. Friendy, Raiders or Dragons? I'm going to go the Raiders here. I thought they were really good the other night, and uh, I can't see any reason not to back them against the Anthony Griffin coach Dragons. They're clearly off their coach, so yeah, I'll be tipping the Raiders. Does Jamal Fogarty not count as a reason? Uh, No, (laughs) I think he's actually an in for the Raiders. (laughs) Fair enough. Chris, uh, is Fogarty a a reason not to tip the Raiders for you? I just realised he's not at the Titans anymore, but no, um, <laughs> they really yeah, look, missed him. Yeah, they have. Um, I should bring that up at some point. Uh, look, this, yeah, despite all the drama going on in the Dragons uh, front office, I feel like they haven't actually been that bad. I mean, they they, mm. they shit the bed last week quite bad, but um, I just I don't know. The Raiders are still the said Chris said said Chris rather fullback is still a bit. That are, I do like. I think they're better served with Zach Wolford as the dominant nine in their team. Um, mm. I'm going to back the Raiders to back up their performance, but I'm not. I'm not massively confident in them doing so. And Kieran, do you think uh, Talatau Amon at six for the Dragons can really um, hammer home a victory for the Dragons? Yeah, he could deliver the, the hammer blow for sure. Um, I think. <laughs> I think the Raiders have been the grittier side so far this season. I um I, I don't know. Obviously, they got pumped by the, the Panthers, but yeah, I, every other game, I think they've pretty much been in it um, until the death if, um, for games that they've lost. So just for that, I'm going to go the Raiders. would be remiss to not note potential New South Wales legend Blake Laurie in the front row for the Dragons as well. Oh, dude, sick. <laughs> <laughs> about that. That's more <laughs> <laughs> what a, that's um okay so for the listeners uh for some reason i think it was miles that brought it up in the first place he wanted to see everybody's early state of origin teams for their state and miles took the longest to come back with the team <laughs> and came back with uh blake laurie and stefano utokamano on the bench in the wrong society i don't know man i i, I don't i miles sometimes is very correct though that's the thing about Miles. He's he, he somehow gets these things. That he's Sean. He was he was talking about Sean Lane being an Origin player at that level, at least when Sean Lane belonged in reserve grade. I don't know how he did that. I like he just does these things sometimes. Miles and is so Radley called? Yeah, he said that Radley would never play State of Origin. Oh, we we like, just like, remember the right ones because they're so few and far between. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> New South Wales future legend Blake Laurie uh, will be on the bench game one. Miles Stedman, that's what he reckons. Uh, all right, the last game of the round is the Eels and Bulldogs from Combank Stadium. Now, uh, the Eels look pretty pretty set in their ways at the moment. The Bulldogs, the poor fuckers, my God, they got some stuff going on. Uh, particularly Josh Adokar with that, I think it was an ankle injury. 
that the Rabbitohs really exploited on Friday. Uh, and then uh, Viliami Kikau has torn his pec at training. So he was to come back into the team, uh, but he is out. Uh, but they do welcome back Tavita Pangai Jr. and Ray- Raymond Faitala Mariner, which is at least some small uh, relief for the Bulldogs. Chris, what do you make of this one? Yeah, go with the forwards, just getting decimated at the moment, uh, the Bulldogs. So I would imagine maybe Ockenbaugh takes Kikau's place. Hasn't been doing a bad job, to be honest, in the forwards. But yeah, the Eels, I think the Eels are the hardest thing to tip. They just, I just got no idea what the hell is going on with them. They look all right one minute and they just look terrible the next. Um, in spite of that, I'm still going to, I'm going to tip the Eels. Um, they should win, but does that mean they will? I don't know. Um, I'm going to go the Eels just off the back of their forward pack. Uh, as Chris said, I don't think that they've been very consistent, especially the Eels back line, but I, I think the Eels forwards have been fairly consistent this season. Uh, I think that'll get them over the line. I don't know. According to uh, Miles Stedman, Blake Laurie is better than both Rick and Campbell-Gillard and Junior Paolo, so um, they, they can't be that good. Maybe the Bulldogs are in with a shout. Friendy, what do you reckon? Yeah, honestly. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, yeah, with Junior Polo back, uh, Parramatta should be winning. Uh, defence sort of seems optional with a few clubs at the moment. Parramatta, South Sydney, Cronulla. Um, and I think they really need to make a bit of a statement here because the dogs will drag them into yeah a dog fight. Um, and they, they need to not just only show their class with the ball, they need to show some grit in defence. I think this is the week they can do it, so I'll be tipping Parramatta. Me too. Time for some bold predictions. While I've got you there, Friendy, what do you have for us this week? Uh, this week, Bo, I'll actually be going Mitchell Moses to double up on what he did last week and have four try assists yet again. <laughs> that's literally word for word what I had. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is, that's exactly what I wow. had. So I'm going to change mine because that's 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 amazing that we came up with that. Uh, okay, four try assists for Mitchell Moses. I I'm with you. I think he'll I think he'll turn it on again, especially against the Bulldogs who are a bit depleted. While I think of another bold prediction, Chris, what do you have for us? Tigers to get two points. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm go genius. Pure genius. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go. I think the I think the Raiders and Dragons game is going to be a bit of a shootout. So uh, I'm going to go Kotrick, uh, Kotrick a double and Lomax one try. Nice. All right. And Kieran Gibson, what's your bold prediction? Um, I think a lot of games will be close this weekend, so I've got at least three games to be decided by two points or less. Just to qualify things, if there's a golden point game and then a team scores, making it a four-point difference, that counts? No, that doesn't count. Okay. All right. Interesting. So the final result must be two points or less. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I've thought of one uh, as as a way to maybe stick up for my mate, Miles. (laughs) My mate, Niles. Um, (laughs) Is I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Blake Laurie uh, runs for 150 meters, makes 30 tackles and three tackle breaks. He'd want to double that to make Origin. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he might he might need to. Shout out Blake Laurie, friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show, Blake Laurie. Thank you very much for tuning in, Blake. And thank you to the panelists, Daniel Friend, Chris Waring, Ed Kieran Gibson. Enjoy your footy this weekend, boys. Hope your tips go well. And thank you to the audience for tuning in, including Blake Laurie, of course, and Miles Stedman, who I'm sure is listening at home. Uh, make sure you subscribe so you can go above the horizontal next week when we talk about how wrong we had Blake Laurie. But until then... Above the Horizontal is a rugby league podcast by the fans and for the fans. It's produced by our entire team of former writers for Real Sport, including Daniel Friend, Christopher Waring, Miles Stebbin, Kieran Gibson, and me, Bo Nicholson. We'd love it if you could support us by telling a rugby league fan about us so they can go above the horizontal as well. Thanks for listening. See you next time.